Wig, did you just say wig? Wig, okay. we're starting girl it's our mid-april edition happy easter oh yeah what what day is this episode (laughs) it's like next week right i think it's today after easter yeah yeah (laughs) this is the day that i'm we recorded in advance obviously today's the day Mm. that we're gonna celebrate passover apparently Mm. it's way after passover yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) um i'm martyr i'm c tepper and this is Wake it up. Um, I miss when we used to scream that. Oh, yeah. And, we're not allowed and, to anymore. And our levels would go out. I like the quieter version. It's easier on my ears when I'm editing. When you but, edit. Uh, I'm yeah. sure and, the audience agrees. And, and in general, um, I'm glad we're not screaming constantly. Um, whatever. Um, Caitlin, what are we doing today? Who are we doing? Who are we talking to? This queen I've known for, I think, as long as I've been in New York nightlife, to be honest. <laughs> She is amazing. It is Miss Carrie Kerning. Hey. Hello. We've known each other a very long time. Very long time. Oh my God. Very I'm long. so excited to finally be doing this with you and having Yes. A- <laughs> it's, a, it's honestly a long time coming. Yeah, I yeah. feel like usually we see each other in like hurried five minutes. Literally, Hello. literally, like it's just like high and by. Like I we were next to each other at the Glam Wards and we'd even like I, I, I was like, oh that's Carrie, but like it was just too crazy. That's usually how like nightlife is to me. It's just no, like a yeah. blur of like fast motion. And like, wait, who did I talk to tonight? <laughs> also, you are so tall that like it's like hello, hello. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> oh my god. So welcome to our crazy shit show. <laughs> shit show that we call po- that we call podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I, we- am, I, am I a special Easter guest? I was like, when you yes. think of religious holidays. You I think- feel like <laughs> I feel like you would do like something like Easter bunny. Because like you're you're very conceptual. So I feel like you would do I an Easter bunny like drag look with eggs I'll or take, something. I'll take Easter bunny. I can do that. <laughs> I would love to see that. <laughs> okay, yeah. let's get into it. Where are you from originally? Oh my gosh. Um, I feel like I have so many answers for this because, you know, you just lie about your background all the time. Right? <laughs> <laughs> no, so I I was born in Poughkeepsie, New York, but Carrie, oh. mm-hmm. Carrie Kerning is from Columbus, Ohio. So a yes. lot of people think I was born in Ohio, but that's really where my gay life happened. And I came out and I started drag. So that's my spiritual home. What were you doing in Columbus? Were you there for school? Yeah, I went to art okay. school there. Um, I went to be an illustrator and then I ended up a graphic designer um, at the Columbus College of Art and Design, hmm. uh, which is a tiny little school in Columbus, Ohio, downtown with a bunch of, you know, queers and weirdos, um, which is the best kind of mix of people you can have, I think. <laughs> How did you fall into drag in Columbus? Oh, my gosh. So so Columbus has like a really big drag scene. There's a lot of queer people there and they have for like a long time. I, I've been doing drag. Oh, this is upsetting to count. Um, <laughs> like I know it's been a long time. <laughs> like, yeah, 12 or 13, maybe it's 12. Let's say 12. Okay. Um, but even back then, like early drag race, I think it was like season one or before there oh, was wow. like, 
big drag scene there. Yeah. Um, and in college, we would have like the queer group and we invite drag queens and I, I slowly started meeting them. And then I would host the drag shows in like skag drag or like silly stuff and tiptoe my, like my, you know, little toes into the water. And finally, one of my friends was just like, when are you going to do drag? Like They were like mad at me. They're like, when are you doing this? This is ridiculous. <laughs> So they, they had me sign up for an amateur competition and uh, it kind of like thrust me into the world of uh, performance. So how did you end up finding Nina West or did she find you? <laughs> it's kind of a bit of both. She, so I had had her, Nina was like, so around then pre-drag race, um, but Nina was still like a big deal locally. Mm-hmm. She had just won the entertainer of the year pageant the year before I met her everyone was talking about her and we had her do like a a charity show at my college. And I was like, so excited that I got Nina's phone number and she picked up the phone when I called her. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so I kind of knew her through that. And then that amateur competition I did, Nina ended up being the host. And I went in having no clue because I'm not, most drag queens in New York are dancers or actors or Broadway people. I had never done any of that stuff. I was like a visual artist. I did not know how to move my body. I was so awkward, but I just went with like full on confidence, gangly weirdo (laughs) and brought a bunch of puppets and did a bunch of dumb shit. And I ended up winning. And then afterwards, Nina came up to me and she was like, do you want to do my show? Uh, (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sure. Had no idea that that was like a big thing until afterwards when everyone was like, wait, what just happened? What was that conversation? What's going on? Ooh. My really dumb luck fell into it. I'm very <laughs> thankful that she saw something and, and pulled me aside. When did like she officially become your drag mom? So so Nina um in Ohio used to do these really big stage shows like four times a year. And they were like, they're like full on off Broadway, like um two hour long scripted shows with a bunch of numbers in it. Uh and so I ended up doing one of those and then midway through the show um she would like for new queen she would give them a song to do so she was like I think this this it was like a um oh my gosh who's the like a Carmen Miranda-esque song it was a little <laughs> silly she's like you're funny I think this would be good and I like came up to her one day at rehearsals because we used to do rehearsals during weeknights after work and I had like a little sketchbook and I was like I know you want me to do that number would it be okay if I did this and I opened up the sketchbook and I had these really weird saggy titties drawn and my friends were making them out of silicone. And she just stared at it for a long time as I explained. And then she went, you're going to be my daughter. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> well, the West family is gigantic. It's, it's huge. <laughs> what's, it, what's it like being in that huge, huge drag family? I feel like it's like the entire Midwest is literally part of the West family. <laughs> I, I, think, I think that's probably pretty <laughs> there's there's nina and there's virginia and now there's a whole bunch um i was nina's third daughter i think um so i feel like i was i was there early in like a really good spot where we were all really close and bonded but even now like i haven't lived there in almost 10 years Mm -hmm. but i go back i try and go back before covid once a year at least and Mm -hmm. there's like a real close-knit bond with everyone so i meet new brothers and sisters because there's like drag kings and you know gender queer performers and and just fucking weird cool stuff there um but every year i meet new people but there's kind of like a a shared trust and like 
family energy where like they've been pre-vetted so I can trust them and they're friends with me because they know we're sisters. Oh. It's really cool. It's like a nice extended family. Yeah, there's a documentary that you're in, which I cannot remember what it's called right now, but I wrote about it for work. Yeah, it's, I think it's called, I think it's Kings, Queens. And yeah, Kings. yeah, and in-betweens, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Kings, Queens, and in-betweens. And it kind of like looks into the entire like Columbus like drag scene. And like, it's like, it's kind of like Manhattan, Brooklyn combined. Like it's huge. Yeah, and there's been like <sighs> crossover too, because like Crystal something something. Yes huge there and when I moved to New York she was a New York like she was yeah. New York she was Brooklyn she and yep. Thor were everything yeah they kind of created Brooklyn drag and then she moved to Ohio a hundred percent that's like when I see all the kids this makes me feel very old but when I see like new kids starting I'm like you don't even know you don't know. know where you come from <laughs> it's true it's true you I've had this conversation with a lot of queens about this. <laughs> yeah, you don't remember Crystal being a zombie on the subway screaming at people. That's where you come from. <laughs> yeah, like they don't know who like paved the way for them. Which is <laughs> <laughs> it, it moves so fast though. Each generation is like boom, boom, boom. But yep. yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good, uh, it's good to know your history. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> right, Martyr? Did you know that? Yeah, I knew that Crystal okay. something something started Brooklyn <laughs> I, drag. I, I, Thank I you very much. <laughs> I figured you wouldn't know. <laughs> so how did you decide on your name? Um, so I it took a really long time because I took it far too seriously, I think. Right now, I probably like if I could redo it, I would have had four names by now because I would just like pick one and then change it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, girls in New York do that all the time. They're like, yes. I'm not kidding anymore. I'm I'm Bob. I'm not, yep. you know, Jasmine's <laughs> had six names. So yes. <laughs> and it works, but I was like so in my mind, it was such a serious thing. So I had like all these lists and would write things out. Um, but I knew I wanted a name that like felt like special to me rather than a name that might already exist so kerning is a graphic design word and i'm a graphic design dork um (laughs) yeah so it is bob the drag queen's very good at explaining this because once he sat down in a group setting where it was explained and ever since then he will verbatim repeat this definition to me (laughs) but kerning is the space between letters in design um it's like the spacing it's like the dorkiest dumb thing but it's a weird word. i've been wondering about this for years so i feel like i'm getting a bit very educated uh-huh. <laughs> right? it's, it's like it's obscure enough that i didn't think someone else would would copy it and it sounds kind of like a name um and then i just went with alliteration i like carrie and there used to be this really hot lesbian bartender at wall street nightclub in columbus ohio and her name was carrie and she spelled it k-a-r-i and i was like i want to be you so i'm going to spell it that way too <laughs> I like the name because I think like no one, no other drag queen is going to have that name. So you're never going to be confused with anyone else in a good way. (laughs) Because there's a lot of names like pun names and stuff that there's like 10 or 20 people with that name. Yeah, it's so hard Mm -hmm. to have a unique name, um, especially Mm -hmm. now that, you know, everyone does drag. (laughs) Yeah. And just like just to differentiate yourself online too. Like you need it. Mm -hmm. Do you ever get called like a mispronunciation? Do you have a favorite? I get a lot of Kari's. Um, I get a lot of um, Kiernings, which I don't get, but like work. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I was on a I was on a spectrum like internet service call once and I was typing instead of talking. And the the person said, I'm Carrie and vote K-A-R-I. And I paused for a second. I was like, is this like a scam? Is this, do you know, are you me? Like I was like, <laughs> 
but there are some of us out there so y'all exist but i don't think the drag version of you exists <laughs> there's only one <laughs> I, think I think i'm still number one uh in the carrie kernings at least yeah, <laughs> gotta be number one somewhere right? somewhere somewhere <laughs> so how did you end up in new york city from oh, columbus um, so yeah, so I was, I was doing drag like three and a half years in Columbus. Um, it was great. I loved it. I did a lot of things. I traveled like regionally there with the family. Um, and then I, I decided to go to grad school. So I came to New York to go to Pratt. And I remember as I was packing up, um, I was talking to Nina and she was like, oh, if you want to leave your drag here at my house, cause like people outside New York have houses, which is crazy. Um, she was you could store stuff here and get it when you come back or whatever. And I remember my mom being like, oh, why would I ever leave my drag stuff? <laughs> like, I didn't even think that that was an option. I was like, no, I'm taking it with me. Um, and I just, you know, lived under, a, you know, a bunch of bags under my bed of wigs and really poorly constructed costumes. <laughs> Sounds like the dream. <laughs> yeah, I really, really made it. <laughs> Um, how did like when how did you figure out how to navigate New York City nightlife because I feel like it was a very different time when you got here I'm still learning yeah. so like mm-hmm. tips <laughs> I mean it's like so it I was lucky to meet people that I connected with and I think that's the best way still is like when you're when you're going to shows and stuff like personal connections and friendships are still what make everything happen and um I don't know. I, I, I was in New York for like a year before I started actually doing drag. I would like okay. to go out. And then I started meeting people and talking to people like online through my drag Facebook to remind them that I did it. <laughs> uh, and then just started doing like competitions, uh, star search and Marty, Marty Cummings used to have a show at the Ritz. I did. Um, I would do, Oh God, I'm trying to remember what, what shows were back then a lot of just like asking to do guest spots and competitions saliva was at the ritz which was huge Mm -hmm. um and i think saliva was probably my first like break into the scene because i i had all this like weird crazy cool stuff from ohio and um no one knew who i was so we had a competition like i'll bring everything i have (laughs) it was a lot um so i did well there and made a bunch of friends and then met like bob and tina and um, just a bunch of other, you know, crazy kids in wigs that ended up being my friends. <laughs> we'll talk about Saliva a little bit more later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but before we go to our break, I think you have one of the most unique drag styles I've seen. <laughs> Thank you. Like, where did where did the puppets come from? Where you have very creative costumes, you're you have really, really funny comedy mixes. Where did where does this all come from? <laughs> Um, that's a great question. (laughs) I feel like the best drag, and you see this with like people now, like when I go, I love amateur competitions. I love going to Miss Barracuda and seeing what new people are doing. Um, I feel like the best stuff is just like so authentically that person that they can't help do it. Like when you see someone doing something, you're like, why are they doing that? If the answer isn't, I can't not, then it's wrong. Like if you're being motivated by like money or fame, or this is what's popular, you're probably failing. Um, and so I feel like all the weird shit I do is just like things I did as a little kid, like watch the Simpsons and draw little paper puppets or, you know, laugh at Sarah Silverman jokes. And then I just like funneled it all into drag somehow and made it work. Um, but I think not being a performer and being a visual artist first influences maybe where a lot of my stuff comes from. 
Yeah, I feel like it's just so different from anyone else I've ever seen <laughs> in the best way possible. I mean, you'll you'll see it in the worst way possible if you mm. do a show tunes like roulette number, and then you'll see oh. that I know nothing there. That's okay. There's Everyone has their strengths. <laughs> There's something okay. I know nothing mm. about. <laughs> but I, th- I think you bring something really unique to the table. So thank that's, you. That's what's important to me, at least as an audience member. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else. <laughs> a lot thank you <laughs> um and on that note i think we should take our little break um and we'll get into some competitions um that you've won in our um, next little segment so we'll be right back kids bye wig did you just say wig wig okay And we're back. We love, a, we love a break. We love a good drag queen 15. <laughs> it's not 15 with it's us. 15. <laughs> Thank God. Um, hours later. I know, right? <laughs> Every time. Um, well, continuing on, um, you briefly mentioned it um, in our first segment, um, but you have some title holders, much like your uh, drag mom. Um, including Miss is it Havana, Miss Saliva, and Miss Barracuda. Um, one much, that, much, much, much smaller titles. Much smaller like, titles. Entertainer of the There's Year is still a different. There's still titles, baby. But I appreciate it. I'll take it. I will totally gonna, correlate. Listen, if we're at making a CD, if one one title versus three titles, I'm just saying. Oh, oh, she knows. She is, she is in this to win it. Mm-hmm. I got you. Resumes lately. But tell us about your um, journey into nightlife pageantry. Um, what started it? What caused it? And are you still doing it? Yeah, I I am. I really like competitions, and I really hate them. Yeah. Uh, I I actually hate doing them because it creates such an amount of stress in me that it's hard to function. Uh, so I don't do it all the time. As you said, I've done a few. Um, and often they're like the weirdo competitions, so like Barracuda and Saliva that like really value creative thinking and just like fucking weird drag because I'm not going to I'm not going to win a shuck and buck competition here. Let's be real. <laughs> but I, I think like the pressure cooker of having to do something like a competition or a theme show or like something that you know you have to achieve um, creates the best drag because it really makes you think and make new stuff. Uh, but it also stresses me out to the point that it's hard to, to survive. So I try and parse <laughs> them out a bit. <laughs> but I love going and seeing stuff too. Like, like honestly, um, so I, I, I'm a former Miss Barracuda, um, Barracuda Bar, which is another creative competition. Um, and my favorite thing every year is to go back as a former and judge and talk to people because like people do wild stuff in drag. It is like the only art form where no rules is really a thing. Cause you'll see people do crazy shit that you're like, Hey, who told you you could do that? Like, why do you think that's okay to leave the house and do that? And B, thank you. Cause I needed it. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. <laughs> what was it like winning those titles? Did you have uh, Steve competition? When did you win? Like what years? Oh my gosh. Uh, I think, I think I'm a uh, saliva was 20, 
2012, 2013. Well, so I was a long time ago. Like, yeah, that was like my first thing. Havana was 2016, 2017. It's actually been a little bit. It's been a little while. I um, mean, for me, yeah. it doesn't seem that. I know. <laughs> Same. Yeah, right? Because <laughs> we're but, old. <laughs> but I mean, both of them like have the best, you know, people and names. Like, um, yeah, Barracuda, I know. I'm trying to think. Of, I think Macy Sumcox crowned me. And then I. I mean, she who should not be named. I crowned Cherry Pie afterwards. Uh, oh. But at the time, there was a lot of creative names I was excited about. Was that for Barracuda? Um, that was Miss Barracuda, yeah. Okay. Um, uh, but but Jasmine Rice is a former Miss Barracuda. And, um, oh my gosh, there's there's a million. And I can't remember any of them now because I have to. Uh, That's okay. <laughs> so you don't have to. <laughs> Egypt is our, form, our, our current. Um, and saliva was the best. Like saliva is... Maybe it's because I was young and now I'm old and old people always think things used to be good, but it was the best. I've, I've talked to so many queens about saliva. It was a little before my time, but like everyone says it kind of like, it basically seems to be like the hub of like where drag took off in New York, really. A hundred percent. It was like these crazy Brooklyn girls, you know, yeah. Thorgy Thor and Israel ran it, but they came into Manhattan. It was the only time where like everyone came together and you'd sit in the audience and 97% of the people there were drag queens. Like there was, it was just us for us on a Tuesday night. And because of that, you try and like one up each other. You just wanted to get people like going, yes, and like standing up. And that encouraged the craziest shit. I mean, people would light themselves on fire, be covered in broken glass. Honey, LeBronx pooped out an apple live in front of people. Like stuff that now when people are like, oh my God, I did this really edgy thing and drag. I'm like, oh yeah, I saw it at Saliva like 10 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> it was just wild and the best. I remember when I competed, um, oh my gosh, it was like Bianca Del Rio was there, Bob the Drag Queen, Tina, we're just all upstairs. Uh, I'm trying to think of, uh, oh, oh, what is, she wears, she does the stilts, Drag Race. Um, um, oh, Ivy, Ivy Winters. Ivy Winters was still in New York. She was just like, yeah, as she, was a Ritz girl. she walked by and commented on a costume I had. And I remember being like, oh my God, New York is magical. Like, it's just like all these like famous people walking around hanging out. <laughs> yep. All at the Ritz always. Just all <laughs> at that shitty, shitty upper room at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> Um, what lessons did you learn from competing? Um, I learned how, what lessons did I learn? I think the best lesson is just that like, you need to make new stuff. And it's a thing that I, I struggle with too. Cause like, I think as a comedy and a visual comedy queen specifically, um, New Yorkers reuse numbers a lot. You know, we have, we have new people in our audiences every week. So you can do the same numbers and perfect them. And there's something really good about perfecting a number because a New Yorker will do a number with precision that no one else in the country has because we've learned all the little beats, all the little acting moments and we can fucking kill it. But the flip side of that is if you just are comfortable doing the same thing over and over, it gets less exciting. And so competition to me, it's always exciting to like be forced to make new stuff and you're trying to make stuff that's going to win. So it's going to be the best stuff. So like when I, when I am in a competition or I'm talking to girls who are competing, I always say like, whatever you make for this is worth it because it like, you're going to make your money back. You're going to do it a million times. You're going to like blow everyone away with it. 
if every time you go into a bar for a bar show, you do a competition number, like think of how wild and exciting that is. So every new one you make is like another one in your little holster that you can bring out to impress people. I agree. Like, I think that's the, like the best part of competitions is not really who wins or loses. It's just like, it's forcing you to be creative and come up with something new. Cause I certainly get bored of seeing the same thing over and over again. And I mean, I, as a, I was saying as a, as a comedy queen that does like visual stuff. So often my, my outfits match a number. So it's more obvious when I'm redoing stuff. Cause I feel yeah. like girls can get away. They're like, I do it in a blue dress now. <laughs> you forget that they're doing the same thing every week but when I do a number it's like very obviously from the photo I know what you're doing again um you're so right it's like the pressure to even I have to remember it a lot like make a new number come on make new numbers make new numbers well your numbers are a bit more complicated because I feel like there's like costumes involved and like they, they often things are a, happening they have, they have a few things that go into them yeah there's like some t- like tricks going on like the other girls they can perform the other numbers in different costumes but your numbers are very specific <laughs> yeah, yeah. in the best way <laughs> so switching over you've kind of gone to the other side and you've become a promoter for new york city's national comedy queen prelim miss big adam's apple what's been different about being on the other side of the pageantry? it has been so incredibly fun i love pageantry and it's exciting to be in New York when pageantry is like having an upswing right now. It's like having a big moment. Um, in Ohio, everyone does pageants and always has. So like when I came to New York, I was like, oh, New York girls like don't care about pageants. And also when I came to New York, it was like early, early drag race. So New Yorkers didn't really paint. I mean, like look at old photos of like Tina Burner. Uh, it was or like her photos. <laughs> Just I was like, if you look at like Cherry Vine and like these older New York girls, it was like a very um, not pageanty look. It was more oh. like a like a day where fish look that was in vogue. Mm-hmm. And I think Drag Race has changed that, um, where everyone is kind of up to their like level of polish. But I think I was like rolling my eyes of like, oh, these girls don't even care about it. Um, and then of course New York opened me up to a whole bunch of other shit that I didn't know, and I got schooled very fast. But now that these New York girls who are so funny and so smart and so talented are also interested in pageantry, it's like a game changer. We've had two gay Americas in a row from New York. You yes. Maya and Andorra. That's insane that it's like twice in a row. Yep. Um, you know, we have we have Continental girls, Jasmine and Brenda and Fifi. Um, and then Tina Burner was our national comedy queen um, when, when I joined the promotion racket game <laughs> family <laughs> who are you scamming who are you scamming? <laughs> i was like it depends on, on what, day, what word i use <laughs> um but it's it's just a really exciting time and i like i like the craft side of drag a lot i like making mixes i like talking about structure and like performance stuff even if i'm not doing it so being able to work with really talented people and help if needed. Um, We had Holly and Svetlana Stoli, who both made top 10, represent New York this year. Holly came in third place. She was our second alternate. Both did incredible. Um, And like representing New York with them and going to their hotel room the day before, you know, final night and like tweaking a mix or talking through a costume is the most fun for me. And I'm really loving it. 
uh, and excited to, you know, do it all again next year. And we're going to get two more top tens. I know that. Yeah. Hell yeah. (laughs) What makes this pageant different? Because I think a lot of people have a specific idea of what a pageant is, but I think this pageant is very specific in like theme and like what they're looking for in a winner, I guess. So different. It's only, honestly, I used to think, cause I used to go with Nina to EOI and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, maybe I'll do EOI one year. EOI is creative, but there's a lot of things that are like not comedy specific that do well also. It's not just about, you know, there's different types of creativity. Comedy Queen is the first pageant that is for comedy girls. And I think that girls, I always say like to my other like comedy queens, I'm like, girls like us are always loved in a bar. They're loved in a city. They're never respected that much because <laughs> I feel like it's not seen as serious, but there's a huge amount of craft and work that goes into the dumbest shit, you know, <laughs> you know, like Continental is incredible and impressive, but so is like crafting a really good poop joke that'll work, you know, a million times in a row or whatever dumb shit we're doing. Um, and so Comedy Queen is like built for us to show off and succeed. And that's really cool. There's, there's categories that are very unique. I think the most unique category is the 60 second challenge. And that is instead of a Q&A on stage or instead of, you know, any other spoken moment on stage, you, you, you come on stage with someone, they have two bags with question marks on both. You pick a bag, you reach in, and the minute you touch the object, a timer starts on the audio and it's 60 seconds. And you have to take the object out, look at it and sell it to the audience like a QVC style challenge. <laughs> and it is so fun. And also I've seen girls that I know are good at this bomb so bad because the energy and the ticker and the theater full Um, of people scare mm. the shit out of you and i love it (laughs) (laughs) i feel like because i do sales i feel like i would destroy that like i would kill it (laughs) i and i always i remember tina's a great example because i had gone with tina three years until she won um and her first year she bombed it and Mm -hmm. she's a girl that like I, I always have known Tina on a mic is like the best and the funniest and mm-hmm. so carefree. The first year she froze and got real nervous and like mm-hmm. it, it did, she talked the whole time, but it didn't make sense. Yeah. And then the last year she killed it. And so um, the promoters actually have a video of her first and last year side by side as a like, don't do this, do this teaching moment. <laughs> I feel like you could practice for that though. Like, even though it's spontaneous, like, you could definitely like prepare for that oh there's there's definitely mm-hmm. like a balancing act where i think it's like good to it's good to practice it's good to have some jokes on stock yeah and this is how new york girls run shows you know yeah. you're responding live but you also have a cachet in the back of your mind um it's just like being able to like shorten that to 60 seconds and make it sound natural and like you're responding to the object rather than reading a script mm. is like a balancing act that takes a little bit of a rehearsal I think to get there I want to see this now <laughs> I think I think this year um will be online soon they recorded oh. it and I think um in years past it was like a pay-per-view moment but I mm-hmm. think this year they're posting it so um I'll make sure to repost on all my socials when yeah it's up. I want to see who won this year um, this year was Mr. Ms. Adrian, who um, was in New York for, I think, two years. Hmm. She's an Orlando girl. Um, and she was in New York for like 2018, 2019, and then ended up going back to Orlando to work at Parliament House. Mm. Um, her, no- oh my God, her, her whole package was so good. 
her gown was online for a little bit. It had a moment, I think, on Twitter. It was a Doc Ock Spider-Man gown and oh, had cool. these, like big tentacles. I saw that. Yeah, it was that incredible. Was, right when she yeah. walked, up, I was like, "Well, well, fuck my drive." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my she god! Came yeah. to win this. <laughs> so you got nominated for the Glams for this pageant. What was that like for recognition by your community? Mm-hmm. You know, she's been around a long time. She doesn't yeah. always like people notice her. <laughs> <laughs> so it felt nice <laughs> well i feel like new york isn't so pa- pageant friendly so it was interesting that this got nominated you know yeah i was very proud that it was up there um i get some like really really big events too you know we could have we could have been in the competition category but um i don't know i think that pageantry is like separate and unique from competition in a in a way that i'm proud of and i was like really proud to be nominated for best event Plus the glams are so fun. Like most of my looks, honestly, my numbers now come from glam outfits I made. Like I'll make a wild outfit. And then four months later, I'm like, fuck, I spent a lot of money on this. I should probably make a number. <laughs> and I end up making a number. Um, so it's always been like a big part of my New York nightlife journey. Um, and it's it's always a fun night, even if the whole time you're exhausted and want to go home. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen you at so many glams over the years. I was just, that's probably the number one place we've, we've seen each other. Yeah, is, it's definitely like, the glams. Like when you're like this, like shoved between 30 yeah. people walking around the back yeah. of the glams. I'm like, oh, that's you. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> um, so what would you recommend to someone looking to compete in your Miss Big Adam's Apple patch? Mm. Um, well, I would definitely recommend that they follow me on Instagram so they can get all the information about it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I think it's, it's for people that are, you have to be funny, but funny can be so many different types of things. So like being funny, that is authentic to your persona and who you are. And if that's something you're interested in a hundred percent, you know, like Holly box Springs did so well and her type of comedy is so different from, you know, my comedy from Svetlana, who was there from, um, you know, Tina and Bootsy who have both done it in the past, like really different, but she knows who she is and she knows to like lean into that and find the funny there and bring it out. Um, I think, I think the, the worst thing you can do in, in the competition is like try and be somebody else. Cause there's, there's a million types of things that succeed. Someone did live stand up. Uh, you know, Holly did a million incredible costume changes. You know, like there's there's the the, the spectrum of drag there. Well, um, outside your pageantry, um, you it seems you have to a monthly spot at Lucky Chang's. Um, how'd that come about, and how do you like it? I so I so I used to work um, pre pandemic at Industry a lot, uh, which I had a great show with Iris Vincentina there, um, and it was very like nightlife queer people, midnight energy. Um, And Chang's is a very big change for that because it's brunch show. It's a lot of like straight people. It's a lot of people who maybe have not seen drag before, you know, like, you know, Jersey and and Long Island and people who travel into the city. Um, So at first I didn't really know how my stuff would go over there or how it would be. Um, But I I know Svetlana for a long time uh, and she's the show director there. Uh, she invited me to do some shows with her. She was kind of organizing this this brunch show, um, and we co-hosted a couple times and had a really good energy. And then over the pandemic, 
Svetlana and I um, did a digital show together when real shows weren't happening. We had a Zoom show that worked really well and it just kind of kept being a thing. So when bars opened up again, I was just, I was back at Chang's with her um, <laughs> and the cast there is like really exciting. I think it's all of the, the preconceptions I had about like Chang's daytime brunch drag were wrong. Like the crowd is really exciting, really engaged. The girls run the gamut from girls who've been there forever and are so, you know, legendary to like 22 year olds who are shucking, bucking and twirling and doing all that stuff. Um, it's just a really solid cast and a really fun show. Um, and I've, I've been really appreciative to be part of it. So, um, you know, I'm just making fart jokes and bird shit jokes there now. <laughs> <laughs> As when one can, does. When can people see you there? Um, I'm trying to think of, uh, it's it's an erratic schedule. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say this week's show, but this will probably come out. No, it'll be after, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you could have seen me uh, last. <laughs> I post on my social uh, yeah. when I'm there, but I at least do once a month, um, and often more. I think I'll be popping up on Fridays too there, and I do Saturdays and Sundays. So, um, yeah, you know, she's a she's a woman of many lives. I have a graphic design job during the day and nightlife at night so i'm still making both work somehow <laughs> well speaking of that ooh, transition <laughs> yay transition <laughs> i lead into that transition yes, well. you did. Yeah, thank oh. you so much um, <laughs> ding 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 um as a graphic designer um do you have any favorite projects um that you work on or have yeah. worked on? i well i will say i am i am proudly when when people say like oh how long have you been doing drag i'm like Oh yeah, 13 years. But if you take the time, like the hours a week, I do it versus a full-time girl. Maybe it's like five now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. But to be able to live both lives at the same time uh, is a feat that I think many people in New York where it's all or nothing struggle with. So I've been proud of keeping both going. Um, but I have uh, a children's book coming out. What? That I am so excited about. Congrats. Uh, yeah, that's my like, third job I guess now I'm adding different lives on top of each other <laughs> but a design friend uh that I went to grad school with she and I have been writing and illustrating a book for the last five years oh my gosh um, and we have a publisher and it's coming out in September it's called fitting in and it's um it's a little kid's uh picture book and it's uh intentionally written like gender inclusive so there's no pronoun specific characters in it uh, and we hope it's a story that a lot of a lot of kids, but specifically queer trans kids can see themselves in. So I'm really excited about that. Oh, I'm excited. Congrats. Yeah, that's major. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, uh, related, do you ever do like designing of posters for girls or your own shows or? I do. Um, a lot of, a lot of the stuff out there I may have secretly done. Um, <laughs> a lot of, uh, Ms. Cracker and Tina Burner's merch I've done. I, I forgot you've done Cracker's merch. It makes sense. <laughs> uh, yeah, I did the Cracker Heart logo. Um, I did her, her script name. Um, and a lot of the industry show posters are mine. They, they pop up here and there. <laughs> <laughs> on the DL. <laughs> on, the yeah, DL. on the DL. You know, I can't I can't let everyone everyone know because then I wanna I won't have uh, enough time to do the requests mm. I'll get. <laughs> yeah. Heard that. Um well with that, um, I think we should take our third 
our second, I can't count, uh, our second little break. It's <laughs> it, like our well, third break, it's over. Our, thir <laughs> our third break, it's over. Okay. As we um, close out with our usual shits and giggles. <laughs> Excited. We'll be right back, kids. Bye. Wig, okay. And we're back. We're back. Um, it's time for Martyr's least favorite question that she refuses <laughs> to give to Caitlin. Uh, yeah, I know. Uh, Why? <laughs> Why? Know. Oh, you need to give that to her now. Uh, no, 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 it's funnier because I make you do it, but <laughs> yeah. um, I don't know why. Whatever. <laughs> um do you think you'll ever be on RuPaul's Drag Race or Dragula or Camp Wanakiki? I could see Camp Wanakiki. Yeah, I, I used to, I've gone through phases where I thought it was right for me. I didn't think it was right for me. Um, right now, I'm going to say probably not. Um, I'm finding a lot of new ways to do drag that excite me. And a lot of them are like digital. So like TikTok and Instagram videos and digital shows. Um, and then with my design stuff and children's book, I'm hoping to like find more and more ways to kind of bring Carrie into other things. So today, I'm gonna look at my watch. Um, I say no, but tomorrow it might be a totally different answer. <laughs> I would love to see you on Dragula because I think you bring something totally different than I'm Yeah, until they ask me to like put a clothespin in my butthole or something. Yeah. I would not do any of that crazy stuff. I know. People guns. Oh my God, no, I'm a baby. <laughs> but that's also entertaining, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I am neurotic, so I'd be good on TV. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> I can also totally see you on Camp Wanakiki. That was not part of the question originally, but I can see it. I love Camp Wanakiki. It's so, I love that there's also, like, so many more things now, yeah. like, to do. There's so many more film drag content. Yeah. Um, it's awesome. Are you going to be, like, a TikTok star? I haven't seen your no. videos. I can really, if I can mm -hmm. really... Uh, harness that i don't know if that's right for me but uh do what i can on there <laughs> i find certain queens get a lot of success off of it so that's i've had mm -hmm. some old it's always like old videos that i i always knew were good but like never yeah. trended and then they'll like explode on tiktok and i'm like see see 10 years ago i was right <laughs> i mean just upload all that <laughs> that's yeah. all oh don't you worry i yeah. content and it's just because i have 12 years of backlog yeah. <laughs> I feel like your stuff is kind of made for like viral internet moments your 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 lips to God's ears so. I mean I'm just saying <laughs> um that leads us into our next question um besides TikTok do you have any future projects to promote um yeah I have I mean I always have a million things happening but other than my children's book, which I encourage everyone to go see. The <laughs> link is in my Insta profile. Um, I've been doing some really weird, experimental, fun video stuff with Tommy Brannigan and David Delrymple. Um, it's called Space Spam. We have an Instagram account, uh, but it's also going to be on my social and like other stuff. It's kind of this um, weird alien character in a gorgeous David Delrymple costume that uh, I play. 
that you know uh, bumbles her way around experiencing life on Earth, and we have a lot of fun, kooky videos that are going to be launching very soon. Some are out, teasers are out, but there'll be weird stuff coming. So hopefully that'll be fun. I feel like you're always doing like a million things. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm trying to see how far I can push myself before I physically fall apart <laughs> right at the edge. So <laughs> that's good. I like, I like content, content creation. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's the best advice you've been given about drag? Um, I think the best advice is just, I kind of said it earlier, but I, I'm going to say it again because I think it's worth it is, is just to be authentic to, to yourself as a performer. I think there's so much copying right now because it's such a visual medium, because it's on TV, because there's tutorials everywhere, but especially we're starting to see it with Drag Race now, right? Like we're oversaturated. So drag is not the easiest way to be famous. It's not the easiest way to make money. It's not the easiest way to get attention. It's not the easiest way to work on your mental issues. Go to therapy. Um, but drag is drag is a beautiful like outlet for self-expression. So if if you just can't not do it, you should be doing drag. If if there's if there's another motivation behind it, do something else because you're not going to create stuff that's compelling unless you're you're finding like what really makes your voice unique and leaning into it and drag can be so many different things and to an insane level that whatever you are you can find a way to make a track that's deep yeah i'm like a like a like a real emotional finish to the show. <laughs> I, it was good. I'm 100% here for it. You're it's correct. just like, you know, copy shit less and just be weird or do what, or if you're not weird, be not weird. Just be who you are. <laughs> I think that's kind of why I've been enjoying Espana's back, Drag Espana. And I, I love that version of the international edition because I think it's so different, but everyone does seem like they are true themselves and like really care about the artistry. And I watch like regular drag race and I'm like, eh. It's, 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 it's hard now because you're always going to be inspired by other people and that's good. But like the, the kids who do drag race now are inspired by other people on drag race rather than other things. So it's like, it used to be, oh, I'm inspired by movies or culture or fashion. Now it's, I'm inspired by someone else and being inspired by someone else being inspired by movies, culture, and fashion. It's like, it's like when you make a photocopy of a photocopy too many times and you're like, this is garbage. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Like, well, I just watched the other person. They're still performing. Like, <laughs> drag moves yeah. so fast. It's not like they're gone. True. I'm with you. Um, I believe it's my favorite question. Yep. Mm. <laughs> so I'm nervous now. <laughs> um, as you should be. Um, we're spilling it. We're airing the dirty laundry. Um, Miss Carrie. Can you tell us a tantalizing, crazy tale from nightlife? Something interesting, something shocking, something probably from saliva circa 2012. (laughs) (laughs) Something shocking, scandalizing. I mean, the problem with nightlife is that you ask that question and I'm like, God, I don't know. There's nothing shocking and tantalizing. And the images in my mind are the weirdest, craziest shit. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, all of this normal stuff happens. Like... (laughs) You know, my friend comes to my apartment at 10 in the morning after being arrested in full drag and, conf- you know, like hung over. And it's like, oh, that's normal. I need a better story. Than that. I've been there. Yeah, oh. we've all been there. <laughs> we live such weird lives. <laughs> um, I will say the first time this. So so I'm very good friends with Tina Burner. 
Um, I've also, uh, I'm close with Bob the Drag Queen, um, especially when she lived in New York. And the first time I met the two of them, I did not know Tina. I had met Bob once and he was like, come to Fire Island. Um, I'm going to do a show there and you can come stay with us and hang out for the weekend. And so I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. Um, and this was like the first night that I was hanging out with both of them. We were in employee housing at the Pines, which is that like really um, prison cell like room <laughs> with two beds in it. And it was Bob and Tina. And I'm like, oh, hi, hi, both of you. Um, and as the night spiraled from saying hello, cut to three hours later, I think Tina was drunk and screaming and sitting on the floor to have someone shave her head because she wanted to get rid of her hair. And so I'm just standing in a room going, what is happening? And she's like, ah, and they're shaving her hair off. And Bob is, I don't know what, screaming in the other corner. And I was just like, what have I gotten myself into? What is this life? I don't know what's going on. I can't get off this island. Am I safe? <laughs> but I will never forget Tina making some twink, like buzz all of her hair off that night because she she wanted it gone, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> that's a new one. I will say new one we haven't had i don't even know how to respond to that <laughs> right you got it. it's like it's a good barometer for like the type of the type of person that succeeds in nightlife is down for whatever and if that's what the energy of the night is bringing i guess i was just like all right, cool. We're going here. This is what we're doing. <laughs> but I, in hindsight, I'm like, I didn't know either of these people. What's going on? <laughs> You're still wondering to this day. <laughs> I, uh, I, yes. I'm just wondering why. <laughs> why? <laughs> I, a lot of stuff happens at Fire Island. <laughs> That's an understatement. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> still haven't been. Maybe this. Oh year. my gosh, you need to. I mean, there's competitions on Fire Island you can there's, do. There is, and usually there's not a lot of people competing. So, uh huh, uh huh. <laughs> I, I think they get a room for the night, so that's, that's really the currency. There is a room rather than yeah, so expensive. <laughs> I'm down for that, then. We'll see. We'll see, girls. <laughs> yep, have fun. <laughs> All right, our last question of the day. Where do you want to take your drag in the future? Um, hmm. It's a good question because, you know, a queen, a, a queen of a certain age, I'm not 22 anymore. Uh, <laughs> and, you and still every, look good though. Oh, thank you. I wasn't <laughs> fishing, but I'll, I'll take it. Um, but every year there's, you know, there's like 50 new queens and they're all really, really good. Um, so it's like it's it's a hard it's a hard career to have longevity in, and I'm thankful to still be around and relevant. Um, the things that excite me in drag are more creator-driven stuff right now, and a lot of that's happening for me online. But that doesn't mean it's always going to happen online. Um, I want to start doing weirder things that are more story-driven, and whether that's like a digital show with puppets or a one-woman show that's different from the cabaret styles that maybe you see a lot. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm trying to find ways to funnel carry into more specific outlets. And I think the digital stuff the last year is like a big proof point of that. And beyond that, I'm not sure. And I'm trying to figure that out. So there's exciting things coming. I think your stuff will definitely translate translate over well. 
to just wanna, like lean into the lean into what makes me weird and just bring something new. So there's 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 a there's a one woman show coming of some type. Yeah. Also, you can bring your graphic design into it. Yeah, I, I, it's all it's all got to overlap like a weird like sandwich, right? It's it's yeah. No, I feel like it's always been there with you though, in the in the, you know the best way possible. Like I feel like they've always clashed. And like maybe. shown who you are and what you're interested in. Maybe it's me just being conscious of it now more and more. Yeah. Bumbling through it. <laughs> yeah. That happened. <laughs> um, well, we just want to thank you so much for joining Yay. us, Carrie. Gosh, this is the, the best. Thank you. <laughs> You've been a pleasure <laughs> to have. Yeah. Um, where can the kids find you on the internet? Find me uh, on all the socials, Instagram and TikTok is what I put energy into right now, but I'm on all the other crap too. Uh, <laughs> it's Carrie Kerning with a K. So it's K-A-R-I-K-E-R-N-I-N-G on everything. 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 Uh-huh. When you're the only one that spells your name that way, you get to own all the handles. <laughs> I know. Good um, marketing. I know, right? Um, well, thank you again so much for Yay! joining us. It's been, a, it's been a joy <laughs> it's been so fun thank you um well i was martyr i was see tepper and this was Wiggin um bye kids bye we'll see you in two weeks i guess so <laughs> yeah <laughs>。Tepper, you can follow me on Instagram at CTEPPER and read my book, The State of Drag, where I interviewed 175 drag queens from around the world. All proceeds go to charity on Amazon.com. Ooh, I love that. You can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at DragTheMartyr. And if you have any thoughts, comments, dick pics, send them to DragTheMartyr at gmail.com. Listen, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Pandora. And catch up with past episodes on Work.com. That's W-E-R-R-R-K.com. Artwork for Wigging Out was provided by Glitter Baby Online. That's Glitter Baby Online. Thank you.